Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Marty Griffin and you are listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast. The only podcast designed to help those higher handicappers, those newer golfers, those struggling golfers get up and over that milestone score of breaking 90 or breaking 100. Today's episode is going to be about bunker basics. Specifically, a couple things that you need to do to make sure that you get out of the bunker the first time, every time. Let's get to it. Okay, so when it comes to bunker basics, really what we need to do is we need to understand a few things about how the club is working, because once we understand what we're trying to do and how the club works and functions and is designed to help us do that, then it makes a lot more sense for why I'm about to tell you what to do. So first off is understanding how the club is designed and built. Now, this is my 58 degree wedge. Uh, it's dirty as all sin because I was practicing today because it was really nice outside. But what we need to do is we need to understand kind of how the club was designed to help us specifically in these kind of nasty, thick bunker shots or even in like heavier, rough situations. So what I want to talk to you about is bounce. Now, if we look at the club, we can see that there's a part of the club that is lower than the rest of the club. So, you know, the if we look at the sole of the club, the backside of the sole is lower than the rest of the club head. Now, when we bring this down to the ground, and if we were to hold it at a, you know, at a reasonable angle as if we were about to hit a shot, we can see that there's just a little bit of space between that leading edge of the club and the actual surface that it rests on. Matter of fact, if I drag, grab my trusty Matt Smith Doctor Who coaster you can see that the coaster almost fits all the way underneath there. Matter of fact, if this club were larger, the coaster does actually fit underneath. Uh, you would be able to see even more of it under there. But the idea is that if we had a protractor and we were to measure that angle between the flat ground of the, of the surface here and that leading edge and the angle that it rises at, it's probably somewhere in the meh, six, 10, maybe 15 degree range. And the idea is that this prevents us from burying that leading edge and getting stuck and dug down. Have you ever been in a really nasty rough situation where you hit and it just, the rough just grabbed that club face and you know, you couldn't even finish and get out of the rough. I bet you've probably had that experience in a bunker as well, because if we come down extremely steep, 
that leading edge digs into the sand and completely stops all of our motion. So the idea here is that we need to understand how the bounce works, that the club is actually designed to kind of skim through the sand and prevent you from digging and stopping that swing. Now, the way that we do this even more so to kind of super prevent that from happening is, you probably guessed this, I'm sure you've heard it before, you open the club face. Because now, with our club face open, and again, yeah, I know, my club's super dirty, but I was practicing today. So the idea here is that with our club face super open, even if we did have this shaft tilted way, way forward, we are still not burying that leading edge, and we're going to be able to skim through. But the idea is that we're going to have our club way open like this. You know, you point your feet left, you point your club right, and then the flag stick should land right in the middle, and then that's how you go through your swing. So when you come down and through, you are just kind of digging underneath, skimming through the sand, and the idea is that you lift the sand and the golf ball and you throw it all towards the target. Now, when you're doing this, super, super important to follow all the way through. Finish as if it was a 200-yard shot because if you are slowing down into the bunker, if you are decelerating, you're dead. You're not going to get out of the bunker. So really important for us to recognize how the club works. So, or really kind of how it was designed, not just how it works, but how it was designed to work and then how we want to incorporate that with our approach. So we want to hit open face and just kind of spank the sand on its way down. It's okay to have a steep angle of descent, but you want to make sure that open club face happens and that you follow all the way through. Now, the second real important key here is being able to control our low point. Now, you've probably heard me talk about the importance of controlling your low point with a bunch of other clubs as well. Shock, it's really important. <laughs> you know, if the if the club's not coming down in the same spot every single time, how do you expect to have any type of consistency with that shot that it produces? Well, when it comes to bunkers, we can kind of mitigate this problem. Now, in a bunker, we're, we're not moving a ton of weight around because we're on sand. We will slip. So, you know, you dig your feet in, you get ready. You've got your, your feet pointed left of the target. You got your club face open. We want that low point to happen about three inches behind the ball. So about the width of a dollar bill or like your credit card that you might have in your wallet, it's about that width that we want to hit behind the golf ball. Again, the idea is that we're going to come through with that open face and we are just going to pick up and throw the sand and the ball all in one motion. Now, in order to really consistently control our low point here, what I want you to do is I want you to put the majority of your weight on your front foot. I'm talking. 70, 75, 80% of your weight on that front foot. And we are just going to rotate around that one single point without any type of sway or, you know, tilt or lean. We want to be very kind of still from the waist down. If we're talking about greenside bunkers here, we want to be really, really still from the waist down. And we are just kind of rotating with our shoulders, keeping that weight all on that front foot and making sure that we follow through and throw the ball and the sand all in one fell sweep. 
Now, as kind of an extra advanced thing, it would be really cool for you to practice this and to kind of test it out. But judge the shot with your ears first. Now, if you play frequently, or if you're in a lot of bunkers, or maybe you play frequently with some lower handicap players, once you start paying attention to what bunker shots sound like, you will know if it's good or it's bad purely by the sound. If it's bad, it's not going to make much of a sound. It's just going to dig right into that sand. The club's going to slow down and you're going to have a hard time following through. You're not even going to hear the sand fall after the shot. Now, if it's a good shot, you are going to hear kind of like a, a higher pitch splash of sand. And then you're going to hear that kind of rain stick noise of all of the sand falling, you know, whether it's on the grass or still in the bunker or wherever it may be after the shot, because you were able to follow through and lift everything and throw everything all at once. So if you can just kind of test it just by your ear and then judge. So that would be a really cool test for you to do. Go to your practice facility. If you've got a spot where you can practice bunker shots, just drop a couple balls down there Hit the shot, but keep your eyes where the ball was. Hit the shot, judge the sound, and then look up. If you can judge and you know when it sounds good, it's going to be a lot easier to adapt that feeling and to kind of retain that feeling for when you're actually out on the course. So I know it's a kind of a short episode this week, but it's really, really important. And hey, if we can deliver the same quality in a shorter time, why would we want to do that? Today's question. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'd love to hear your response in the comments. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'd love to read your comment as a review here. But today's question is not actually in relation to bunker shots, but simply put, what club do you use for 150 yards? For me, it is a about 70% 8 iron. That's my 150 club. So let's hear it. What's your 150 club? Until next time, I'll catch you in the short grass, everybody. Cheers. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.